let's be real, I'm unqualified at best, but I'm taking this year to challenge my fears and seek out authenticity through conversation and hopefully some daring vulnerability. The goal, I'm not really sure yet, but I hope to come out of 2022 more connected to myself and my friends and my faith. Welcome to a year of holy interruptions. Come journey with me, or you know, don't. It's really up to you. This week I am cat sitting. (laughs) And I have always considered myself a cat person. And I've never owned a cat. I've never owned pets. My grandma is allergic to fur and that combined with a small house is the reason that we never had pets growing up. But so a few months ago when I was in Europe, I started cat sitting for different locals in order to get free housing. (laughs) And it was the first time I had ever lived with a cat for more than a sleepover or a few nights at a friend's house or something like that. And it was fine. I didn't mind the cat, but I didn't really care deeply for this cat. I didn't want to snuggle with it. I wanted it out of my room. And I thought, that's so weird. I must just not like this particular cat. And then I moved in with somebody who had a cat and I lived with them for a little while. And then I'm house-sitting for this other person who has a cat. And I am so incredibly ambivalent about cats. I am not about them. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know how to process this because so much of my life has been based in me liking cats more than dogs. But I think I idealized cats. I think that the idea of a cat is so nice, but I'm not really about the reality of living with them, which sounds terrible. And it has nothing to do with any of these three particular cats. They were all perfectly fine and lovely. Well, yeah, perfectly fine and lovely. Let's just full stop. <laughs> but the cat I'm house sitting for has taken to um, waking me up to make sure I don't miss work. And it's, I'm trying to see it as a kind thing, but it's really annoying. And I am in desperate need of sleep. But this morning, the cat woke me up. It was maybe five. And it was, it jumped on my face. Um, And I was like really grouchy and I kind of like pushed it to the side. And it woke me up again about 20 minutes later. But the sunrise this morning, I opened my eyes and the pinks and the reds and the orange, it was the most beautiful sunrise I have ever seen in my whole life. And I was looking towards Haleakala and had this view from this house that I'm house sitting at. And I was just amazed. (laughs) I've never seen anything so delightful or charming and it was just beautiful and I am realizing that even if I don't love cats as much as I've always thought I did and maybe I'm having a little bit of an identity crisis in terms of my pet preference but it led me to this moment of seeing the most beautiful thing And God's creation in a way I'd never experienced it. I am not someone who gets up very early in the morning. I'm a morning person. I like the mornings, but I'm not a 5 a.m. getter-upper. (laughs) I'm more of a like 6, 6.30 type of gal. Um, But I was just blown away. And I saw it and it made me want to just 
praised Jesus. I literally went, wow, God, you are good. (laughs) And it made me think of this week's topic, which is so cool that it like tied in this morning. As I was thinking about this episode, I just feel like God gave me this little gift of just like, look at what I can do. Like, look at how cool my creation is, how beautiful my world is, and you get to see it, and you get to enjoy it, and how cool is that? I loved it. Um, But this week, we are in our fifth week of our Atomic Habits and Faith series, and we are talking about the first law, which is to make habits obvious. Make it obvious. When it comes to habits, if you don't recognize the cues or the instincts for having habits, they're not going to happen. So you need to make sure that the first step you have in place um, is triggering your habits. So if you want to change something about your behavior, your identity, one of those things, you need to set in place cues to create the habits that come along to change the behavior. Now, you don't need to be aware of a cue for it to take place or occur. We have habits in place that we might not even be aware of. It's like when you walk into a room and you turn on the light switch. You don't realize that maybe the reason you're doing that is because you want to see. You just do it because you do it. But there is a cue, which is, oh, it's dark. I need to turn on the light. Um, And so part of building habits is learning to recognize the habits you already have in place, such as turning on a light switch. And Carl Jung said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And so, so much of what habits and specifically habits in the context of faith does is it brings awareness to the ways that you are becoming more like Christ and the ways that you are drawing farther away from his character and who he is. And so, I think it's really important to learn to make the unconscious conscious, to see your habits, to unpack the instinctual behaviors, to see are these good habits or are these bad habits? And something that Clear uses is called the habit scorecard. And basically you go through your day, you go through your morning routine, you go through your evening routine, you go through your drive to work, your walk to school, whatever your mode of transportation is. You go through your... um, your lunch routine, you go through your Bible time, you go through whatever, and you list out every habit you have in there. So for example, if I was to go on a run, I would say the first thing is to, you know, stand up, I need to change my clothes, I need to get my running shoes on, I need to get water, I need to open the door, I need to get out and I need to start going. I need to get my headphones, I need to get, you know, all all these sorts of things. And so when you look at each of those actions, you say, okay, is that a positive habit? Is that a neutral habit? Or is that a negative habit? For example, reading your Bible. When you pick up your Bible, that's a positive thing. Um, You are starting the action of, of reading it. When you open the Bible, that's a positive thing. When you turn the page, that's fairly neutral. That doesn't really mean a good or a bad thing. It just kind of happens. But maybe when your phone is laying face up next to you with flashing alerts, that's a negative habit to have your phone right there during it because it's pulling you away. It's getting you distracted. And if you don't know if one of your habits is positive or neutral or negative, Clear says that um, an easy way to distinguish this is to ask this question. Does this behavior help me become the type of person I wish to be? Does this habit cast a vote for or against my desired identity? He says, habits that reinforce your desired identity are usually good. 
habits that conflict with your desired identity are usually bad. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. Are my habits in place to build my faith? Are they not only becoming who I wish to be, but who God wants me to be? Are my actions pointing to Christ? If I, if I list out all of my habits and I don't see any faith habits in place, that's going to tell me a lot about how I'm living my life. Am I living it for myself or am I living it for the Lord? And so writing down your habit scorecard and looking through and saying, wow, there's a lot of negative habits right here in the morning. Maybe I should reconsider what my morning routine is. That's something that can be really helpful in shaping your awareness, because if you're not aware of the habits you have in place, you can't really change them and then change the identity that comes along with them. So I highly recommend using the habit scorecard um, and marking every habit as positive, neutral, negative. I went through my week and whenever I realized I had a routine, I made a note to like walk through it um, that evening or at another time. So usually I would you know, realize I was in a routine and I didn't have, have the time in that moment to, to work my way through it and be like positive, negative, neutral. <laughs> but I made a note to look at it after the fact. And so that's how I went through my weekly habit scorecard because it takes a while to get all your habits down. Because um, you might have some habits that are only on Sundays or only on Thursdays and you might not see them if you're on a Monday and trying to think through it. So making your habit scorecard isn't a one-time deal. It's like you're kind of always building it and adding to it and remembering like, oh yeah, I do do that. Or, oh, I actually don't really do that anymore. So it's just a good way to build your awareness. You don't need to keep up with that every day, but it's nice to kind of check in every once in a while and see how your habits are doing. And one way to ensure habits will get done is speaking them out loud. And Claire says, hearing your bad habits spoken aloud makes the consequences seem more real. It adds weight to the action rather than letting yourself mindlessly slip into an old routine. This approach is useful even if you're simply trying to remember a task on your to-do list. You're getting yourself to acknowledge the need for action and that can make all the difference. So for example, if you are you know, heading out to church and you're saying, okay, I need to bring my phone, I need to bring my keys, my wallet for brunch after church, I need to bring um, my water, and you don't bring your Bible, like, that's gonna make you a little bit more aware of, like, oh, maybe I should bring my Bible, um, rather than just leaving. Um, if you're listing the things, you know, if I need to go to church, what do I need to bring? That's something that will probably come up and will help you remember to do it. Because having things spoken just changes it. And if you are at work and you're thinking about going home and you're like, you know what, I really want to get some cookie dough. I want to eat it while I watch Netflix and then I want to go to bed. Versus if you say, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm going to work out for 20 minutes and then I'm going to um, you know, talk to a friend for a while. Then I'm going to eat dinner. I'm going to watch watch Netflix during dinner, but then I'm going to put my phone to bed. I'm going to put it away and I'm going to read my Bible for 20 minutes and go to bed. That habit is more likely to take place if you're speaking it out because there are positive things in there. And there are also things like watching Netflix. That's not inherently bad. 
it's okay to watch Netflix. It's I'm not I'm not tearing it down at all. Trust me, I do it. But if if you just say, you know what, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go home, eat my cookie dough, watch Netflix, you will do that. <laughs> because that is all enjoyable behavior, but it's not necessarily long-term beneficial behavior. Are those actions actions that are helping you become the person you wish to be? Not really. I I mean, unless you, you know, I actually can't judge or decide who you want to be, but I I don't expect that your life goal is to sit on the couch and watch movies. I think you probably have a desire the Lord has put on your heart that is bigger than that. And so when you're speaking your your habits out loud, it's really helpful in in terms of making sure they happen and in realizing your options. Sometimes if you kind of say both options out loud, you'll know which one you should do. <laughs> and it'll help make the choice easier because you'll you'll hear it and you'll recognize, yeah, that actually probably isn't the best plan, even though it sounds fun. And so he goes into something called implementation intention. And this is a plan you make beforehand about when and where to act, how you intend to implement the habit. And this is really important. If you are, you know, saying, yeah, this week I'm going to work out or this week I'm going to read my Bible. You might do that and you probably will once or twice. But if you say every night this week at 8.45, I'm going to put my phone away and I'm going to read my Bible. The chances of that happening is so much higher. And it's really, really helpful to have a timeline. So when X happens, I will perform X response. When I get home from work, I will put on my workout clothes and workout. When I walk into my room at the end of the night, I will pick up my Bible and um, read it. When I, you know, fill in the blank for whatever habits you are wanting to build. But it's really helpful to see that in that timeline. When I do this, then I do this. When this happens, then I do this response. And the more ingrained those become, the easier it is to keep healthy habits going. And people who make a specific plan for when and where they will perform a new habit are more likely to follow through. That's what Claire says in his book. He says, many people think they lack motivation, but what they really lack is clarity. It's not that they don't really want to work out. It's not that they don't really want to read their Bible. It's not that they don't want to pray. It's just they haven't set a clear time in their head and in their brain of when they're going to do that. So everything else with deadlines, such as work and eating and um, church or different events, those things will happen because they are set in a schedule and you know when to do them. And it's very clear as to when that thing will take place. So if you don't have a clear time to do something, it's probably going to get pushed to the back burner. It's going to be the thing you say, oh, I meant to do that today. I guess I'll do it tomorrow. And then it becomes the next day and the next and you still haven't done it. So it's not it's not that the motivation or the intention isn't in place. It's that the clarity is lacking to get the habit done. So an easy thing to help that is using the sentence, I will do blank at blank time in blank place. So for example, I will meet with Shannon to pray every Tuesday after work at 5.30. I will volunteer every Wednesday evening at the church youth group. I will, you know, fill in your examples, but those are some ideas of how you can say, I will do this thing at this time 
in this place. And that can be on the phone. I can, you know, call my grandma every Sunday on the phone. You know, Sunday at 6 p.m. I don't know. Pick your time. But those are ways that having that in place, you'll remember to do it. I remember when I was in college, I stayed with a friend's family for spring break. And the mom was really struggling with this plant. It was just like, it looked kind of like it was dying and it looked like it had too much water, but it was also like dry and crinkly at the edges and she couldn't figure out what it was. And eventually she learned that she was overwatering the plant and she realized she only needed to water the plant once a week. And she said, how am I going to remember to water the plant just once a week? And I said, well, what if you watered the plant every Sunday after you get home from church? She was like, what? And I was like, well, you only go to church once a week on Sundays. And so you only come back once a week. So if you think, okay, now that I'm back from church, I need to water my plant. You're going to remember to do that because you only have one cue for it. And that cue, you're always going to go to church on Sundays. Like you will always be doing that action. So the cue will always um, be triggered. And it's funny because I didn't know this book at that time. I I read the book a few months after this, but it's actually called Habit Stacking. And it's the process of basically like adding a deeper layer of implementation intention. So it's saying, after I do this current habit, I will do a new habit. So after I read my Bible, I will sit in silence for 10 minutes to see if the Lord has anything to put on my heart. After I walk through my front door, I will say out loud one thing I am grateful for. After I get in my car at the end of work, I will pray for three minutes and I'll set my timer to do it. Things like that where you're already doing these habits. You're already getting in your car at the end of work. You're already walking through your front door or out your front door at the beginning of every day. You're already reading your Bible. So then just add one more layer. You can... One thing I used to do is when I would brush my teeth, I would pray. And it was my reminder, oh, okay, I'm brushing my teeth, I need to pray. (laughs) And it's funny because you think, oh, yeah, I pray. But like, do you? I believe you. I believe that you do. But do you consistently make the habit of prayer? Is prayer a habit or is it just a come and go type of thing? And so having things that are habits and cues in place are so helpful in remembering to maintain those spiritual disciplines because you don't actually have to think about oh yeah when do I when am I going to pray I need to remember to pray you don't have to remember to do it anymore you'll just start brushing your teeth and you'll start praying (laughs) because you've set that side you've set that time aside for that purpose so make one habit the cue for another habit And habit stacking allows you to create a set of simple rules that guides your future behavior. So you want to impact your exercise routine? Whenever you see a set of stairs, take them instead of the elevator. You want to build your social skills? Walk into a party and introduce yourself to someone you don't know. You want to be better at forgiving? When you see someone who hurt you, pray the Lord will bless them. (laughs) You know, you can do this in so many different ways. It's not difficult, but having that, build that cue and then you'll be able to see your behavior change. And you'll see that the rule you have in place will change how you see things and how you view the world. And it's interesting because he says a small change in what you see can lead to a big shift in what you do. And and what he's getting at here is design your environment for your success. Set up your environment to 
be cues for you. If you're really struggling to remember to read your Bible and it's at your bedside, put it, put, get, get more Bibles and put one um, at your um, bathroom sink. Put one on your living room table. Put one in your car. Start putting Bibles wherever you need to put them to be more reminders to do that thing. Put it in your work bag. Put it in your school backpack. Put it in your lunchbox. I don't care where you put it. But if you are really trying to build this habit and you can't seem to make it stick, maybe you need to redesign your environment for success. When I was little, I had a really hard time remembering to put on deodorant. I know that's really dumb, but I just could not remember <laughs> when I was young. And I decided to put my deodorant in with my shirts in my drawer. And then whenever I opened my drawer, I just saw it there and I was like, oh yeah, and I put it on. And it simplified my life. I completely eliminated the struggle of having to remember to do this thing that I couldn't remember to do. <laughs> and it just became automatic. And I didn't even have to think about it at all. It just was that small change that led to a huge shift. And I I don't forget my deodorant. I am happy to tell you. <laughs> I remember it every morning. And it's just having that in place Rather than fighting and being judgmental about like, oh, I can't believe I forgot that again. It's right there. Why didn't I remember? Just move it. Move it somewhere where it's going to trigger it and be easier for you. Design your environment so that you are successful in what you are doing. If you feel like you aren't making time to um, have quiet time, if you kind of walk into a room and your couch is a place where you watch shows or, or you eat your dinner, most likely when you sit on that couch, your instinct isn't going to be to, you know, read your Bible. And sometimes the thing you need is to create a new environment. Maybe you need to put a new chair out or get a blanket that you put in, you know, one of the chairs in your living room or a new blanket on your bed, something that is redesigning to create a space. Maybe you need to add a candle on your side table or make wherever that space is that you are dedicating to worship, to prayer, to um, devotional, to reading your Bible, to whatever your spiritual practices are. Make that environment cozy, make it relaxing, calm, enjoyable, so that you are drawn to that place. Design your environment to want to be there too, and you will see the success of it. One thing I try to do is put my phone charger in the living room. So I have to put my phone away in a different room before I walk into my room to go to bed. And then I'm not on my phone, you know, scrolling through social media. I'm not, you know, doing all these things. I bought a manual alarm clock <laughs> that um, sets off my alarm in the morning. It's not hard and it cost me $10 at Target. I believe you can do the same thing. It's not as nice of a sound. I give you that. It's kind of a bam, 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 bam. <laughs> but it does the job and I get up in the morning and I'm good to go. And having my phone away means that it's easier for me to go to sleep remembering, oh, I should, you know, list out what I'm grateful for. I should read my Bible and, and to put those habits into place. And so part of me designing my environment was getting technology out of my room after a certain point of night. And if you want a habit to be a big part of your life, make the cue a big part of your environment. Put your Bibles everywhere. I've already said this, but I'm just reiterating. Like, leave um, your radio set to positive, encouraging, K-Love. <laughs> Is that how it goes? 
I don't know where that came from. It just kind of came out, but set it to K-Love. And not that K-Love is amazing radio, but it'll at least remind you to turn on worship on Spotify (laughs) Um, or leave a Bible verse on your fridge or in your lunchbox, something that will trigger your mind to remember to go back to those core things. Something that James Clear says in his book is making a better decision is easy and natural when the cues for good habits are right in front of you. Have Spotify podcasts or worship music open up first on your TV or have them be the first, you know, browser. I don't know if you can do that on like these fancy Roku's and things, but try and see, can you make that, you know, can you make um, Spotify the biggest app on your um, TV? Can you, um, you know, make the button on the Roku like highlight it or something so that you see it so that maybe the next time you go to watch a show you think you know what I have I have 15 minutes to listen to a message I have time to do a worship time instead and I'm going to do that first before that because these are little things that you can do they aren't difficult they're not impossible you don't need fancy things or, or big money or anything like that but figure out what your cues are figure out who you want to be, and then put systems in place to make your habits obvious. And I guarantee you, you will see your life change because this is the first rule, make it obvious. I've given you some tips on how to do it. James Clear has a whole lot more examples in his books, but thank you for listening to this episode. I love going through this book. I love what Clear has to say. If you would like to support the podcast, you can follow us on all sorts of platforms. You can also support us financially um, through the description in the link. I love seeing this community come together and I, I love doing this. So thank you for listening to the episode, for cheering me on, and I'll be back next week with the second 